Hello everyone, this is Tim Winders. Welcome to Seek, Go, Create. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and in ministry. I'm going to be talking about a lot of those things today. I'll get to our guest in just a moment, but I got to say, I'm really excited today. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fresh. I got a pack of t-shirts last night, fresh black t-shirts, my wardrobe. I got three of them. My wardrobe for fall is set. And, you know, something just feels good about getting a new article of clothing on. So I don't know if you could see me if you're watching on video, but I feel really good. I'm hoping that I'm not puffed up and arrogant, but I feel really good today. And they're not a sponsor, but I do want to give a shout out to Fresh Clean Tees. That's where I get all my t-shirts. And uh, they are the supplier of Tim Winders and the host of Seat Go Create. So Fresh Clean Tees, thanks for the three t-shirts you delivered me yesterday. And uh, I want to ask another big favor for everyone here. I have just finished up. I believe that I have now put the finishing touches on my debut novel, which is called Coach a story of success redefined, and it is not available at the time of recording, but we're getting really close to it being available on all the places you could get books. But right now, I'm going to ask you to do this favor for me, and that is go to seekgocreate.com forward slash book, seekgocreate.com forward slash book. There'll be a link down in the notes. If you click there and you go to that page, you can actually download the first chapter for free, Check it out. See if you like the story, the writing style, all that kind of stuff. If there's something misspelled, you could also let me know. I don't think it is, but it's possible. Just go check it out and give me some feedback. I would love for you to do that. So thanks for doing that and share it. Let other people, uh, let other people check it out too. So anyway, let's jump in today. Today, we have Eric Nevins as our guest. And I actually consider Eric both a friend and a mentor, but let me give you a, a little bit of the bio here. He's the host of the Halfway There podcast, and he is the founder and the leader of the Christian Podcasters Association, currently has over 2,400 members in the group, in the interactive Facebook group. Christian Podcasters Association is a place for Christians who feel called to use their gifts and expertise to get a message out. And here's what I know. I know a lot of people listening in, they feel as if you have a message to get out to the world. And I believe that the conversation that we have today is going to be helpful for you. So Eric, welcome to Seek Go Create. Glad to have you here. Tim, I'm so excited to be here. I'm at long last. I'm glad to be hanging out with you. Yeah, I know. We've been uh, interacting now for at least a couple of years. And I, you know what I love? Get ready for this because I love getting people as guests on the show because I ask questions that I would never ask in other situations. <laughs> you know that you do the same, don't you? <laughs> totally. hundred percent because you have permission, right? To ask those kind of deep things. I've got, I've got the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let me, with that, let me get to my first question that we ask people a lot of times. I don't think I've ever really asked you this though, but Eric, we bump into each other, we meet each other and I say, Eric, what do you do? What do you tell people? I tell them I'm an online entrepreneur. And so I, I manage, you mentioned CPA, a uh, group of Christian podcasters. I really look at myself sort of as a, as a pastor in some ways of kind of shepherding people, helping them find their gifts and, uh, and becoming the person that God wants them to be. So that's, that's what I do. We just happen to use podcasting to do it. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to pounce on something you said, because I know you and I can have these conversations and people can listen in. When some people hear the word pastor, they have yeah. this vision of what a pastor is and what you just said, isn't that vision. <laughs> and right. so, uh, so the vision of a pastor is someone who stands in front of a church and preaches, delivers a message and all that kind of stuff. So how can you boldly say that you call yourself a pastor when you're in an online space, when you're in a digital world, when you are, uh, you know, all the things that you're doing. And I'm, I know the answer to that, you know, I'm just kind of right. pressing you a little bit here, but I do. how, how can you call yourself a pastor? Well, so I think that gift of, of shepherding people is really all about helping people become who God made them to be. Mm -hmm. And I spent a long time trying to be a, what I would call a traditional 501c3 church pastor. Um, and funny enough, that never worked out for a variety of reasons, I think. Um, but I today have found, found that I kind of do that. So I help people. We, we pray for each other in the group. Um, my, you know, I think there's different stages on the spiritual journey. And one of those is finding yourself in Christ. 
that involves finding your voice. And so helping shepherding people, helping them to discover that, get through those kind of, um, we were talking about anxiety earlier, right? That kind of, those kind of moments of, of not of self-doubt and, and coming up against your upper limit and helping people break through that in a way that honestly, I don't think most church pastors have the time or ability to do. Uh, so I really look at doing those things as discipleship to Jesus, becoming more like him, following in the way of Jesus. And uh, it's unique, but I think it's really powerful and important. Yeah. So, and, and you know, you and I've had conversations, you know, I yeah. dig that because one of the things I could be at times is a little bit critical of what we call our traditional church structure right now. I sometimes wonder if we've even structured it to be uh, somewhat ineffective at times. And so I love the model of what people like you and others are doing, because I do believe I see them being extremely effective. And, uh, and so one of the things that we're going to do, I'm going to kind of pause us here. We, we are going to go into your podcasting journey. And I also want us to bring out, because I, I believe people are listening in going, man, I'd kind of like to get a message out. I'd like to share with people Maybe a podcast is it, maybe YouTube or something like that. So so a little bit later, I want us to go into that more, but I, I want to kind of back up a little bit and I want to find out a little bit more about Eric because I believe journey is powerful. I think you know we're all about redefining success and how that occurs, but there's something, let me find my notes here. I, I sometimes don't get to my notes much, but there was something that I wrote that I saw on your uh, website. And so I just want you to explain this. We're going to kind of start with this. What do you do when you're mad at God? <laughs> yeah. You've got something on your website about that. So I want to start with it because I actually believe there's probably layers to that. And so yeah. let's just right out of the gate. Let's go big. Let's go big or go home. Okay. <laughs> what do you do when you're mad at God, Eric? Oh, well, I think when you're mad at God, you have to have a conversation with him, right? Like you've, you've got to <laughs> let him know and go for it. So that's my, my little download that I created as my kind of free giveaway for my audience. Um, because when I started my show, I was really trying to help people and attract people who uh, are going through the dark night, the spiritual desert, whatever you want to call it. There's lots of names for it. Those are the kinds of uh, things that I wanted to, wanted to help people through. And so, and I realized that actually um, there's more to the story in scripture than I had been told. So there's, mm. that goes over, uh, the book of Habakkuk, which I just absolutely love because Habakkuk gets labeled as a complainer in some translations. I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he was he was upset about the way that justice was happening or not happening in Israel, right? And he takes it to God and he complains about it. He says, hey, God, what are you going to do about this? This is this is on you, right? Because you're the one who's in control. And so God responds, says, don't worry, I'm going to wipe them out with the Babylonians. And then Habakkuk's like, hey, I hate that. I don't like the Babylonians either. So he goes in and he complains about that. And then God comes back and says, well, don't worry, I've, I've got plans for them to, I'm not going to let injustice slide, which is an interesting angle for today, I think, perhaps, if, if we want to meditate on that. But then from there, Habakkuk um, goes into this time of worship where he's like, and this is the book where we get the righteous will live by faith. The thing that Habakkuk does, he says, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to wait to see the answer I received from God. He doesn't doubt that God exists. He just challenges God like, hey, this is not okay. And I really think that that's part of what you have to do when you're in that spiritual desert time, when you're when you're mad at God. There's other examples. You can look throughout the Psalms. And uh, I think you even see Elijah do this in, when he goes off after the victory on, on top of the mountain and he comes down, and he's depressed, right? He's got this serious depression. And God is so kind to him there. And so those are the kinds of things that I'd love to see. I, I wanted to change the narrative of the sort of spiritual journey of, you know, my life was terrible. Then I met Jesus. Now my life is great because that's not the experience of God's people. It's, it's much more, you know, Hey, this is not okay. And then taking it to God and letting him address it. Yeah. The, the reason that I love that is because I think at times we could come across as being fairly superficial with the way faith is. It's like life was bad decision. 
life is great. And I think it takes away the, the actual nature of life itself because there's 100%. so much still going on and the spiritual and all that. So that actually is a great lead into a question that I had that I wasn't sure how I was going to ask, but you set it up really, really great for me because I do love to know a little bit about like Eric and how Eric came to be. And, and I, I think the way I'll ask it is this, and you know, we, we want to, we want to get to some items from podcasts and all that, but I want to know growing up, cause I know you're a Midwest guy and all of that. Mm -hmm. I would love to know one or two things growing up early on, maybe pre twenties or whatever that is now helping you in the role you're in and maybe one or two things growing up that's hindering you in the role that you're in that you may be having to overcome. Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Tough I'm question. trying to think <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. So you're, you're asking like where, what made me, right? What, what was, yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some up? things that went like, man, I'm doing well now because of this growing up or, I'm having to adjust some things because of this. I've been having to ask a lot of that recently with some things going on with my parents and all that. And yep. anyway, we all have a lot of good stuff and we all have some challenges that we deal with. So what were those growing up? Yeah. So I'll start with the challenges. Um, definitely as a kid, my faith experience was different from my home experience. I've talked about this a little bit um, in, in other shows, but home life was kind of chaotic for a lot of reasons. And uh, and so that left me asking the question, like, I don't, I don't know, right? What, what is this? What is this about? How do we, how do we grow? Um, and my parents, they're both believers. They love the Lord, but you know, sometimes that's a much harder journey than, than we'd like it to be. Um, and so trying to make some sense of that was definitely a, a thing. And, and definitely even the, like the Midwest kind of, you don't get to stand out kind of thing. I deal with that all the time, like just learning. <laughs> learning to be like, no, it's okay. It's okay that I have, that I can do this um, and kind of breaking through that. You could uh, be good, but not too good. <laughs> right. There's so much of that. It's, and it's, 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 it's cultural in the Midwest. It's in, in families. It's, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm learning to break through some of those things. Uh, and also the church, you know, just some of the stuff that I learned in church, you know, I, I, I like would like to think that I didn't receive a huge dose of purity culture, but I got enough of it like early on because I was kind of early before the that really hit and not in a place like the Bible Belt where it was a big deal. Um, but I got a big dose of things like that. So I'm actually going through a process now of struggling through mm. like how do I how do I keep my faith in the Lord and lose some of the things that are not that are not biblical, that are not what he's what he's designed for us. So that's, that's an interesting and kind of difficult process at times, um, especially when you're leading a Christian group, right? Because I don't want to seem like I'm abandoning my faith. I'm not, but I'm, I'm wrestling with some things. Uh, as far as good things, I remember very clearly when I was a kid, like sixth or seventh grade, discovering drama for the first time hmm. and being in plays and, and realizing that I loved being creative. Um, I used to, as a kid, that would be, a lot with playing with my Legos, you know, and building things and imagining spaceships that I could build and going to places. I love that. And today I get to be a creator full-time, right? That's, that's amazing. If you'd have told me that five years ago, I would have been astounded, right? There's a lot of other things I have to do, but that's the fun part that I get to do. Hmm. Um, so I love that. And then the other thing that I carry with me a lot is related to what I said earlier. It's this question of how do we grow in Christ? That was a driving question for me for decades after. Um, that's I say I went to college to learn um, how to read the Bible. And I got a degree in biblical studies, and I went to seminary to learn how to pray. And I began to learn um, some different methods and going outside of um, you know kind of my tradition uh, to learn some things that nobody ever taught me before. They were always there, right? They were historical, but no, I I hadn't learned. And so I really view everything through the spiritual journey. Uh, particularly, like I was saying earlier with podcasting, right? I, I look at that or whether it's on my show when I interview somebody, I'm looking for certain things on the journey because I want to learn from that. Yeah, well, so a question that comes from that, I love I love talking to people from Midwest too because it's interesting. I, I When I was in Australia for a little while, 
there were people that kept saying something about the tall poppy syndrome, which I was going, <laughs> what exactly is that? It's exactly what you said. It's someone who just thinks a little bit too highly of themselves. There's, a, there's these poppies, I guess. And if all of a sudden a poppy pops up above it, they don't like that. They just like everybody to be in. And, and I'll tell you that you, you've been around me a little bit, so you can probably get this. That doesn't really fit my personality very well. Yeah, right. um, I'm, I'm one that I like to push, push, push. And I've actually, in the time that we've known each other, I'm actually much less than I used to be. So, But um, you brought up a couple things, Bible school and seminary. And I can't remember where I heard you say this. I don't know if you were being interviewed or something. So if, it, if I get this incorrect, let me know. But I heard, I think I heard you say that when you were in seminary, it was one of the driest spiritual times of your life. And the reason I bring that up is that I went to Bible school for a couple of years too. And it was one of the most difficult, challenging times of my life. I think it was because I was interacting with a lot of Christians, but that's a whole nother story. But um, anyway, why, why is it that being in that situation was such a dry time for you? And I, I think you had a lot of other stuff going on, but, but talk to me yep. about it. Cause I think many people that have never been probably put Bible school seminary at some type of pinnacle of spiritual, you know, wherever it would be the highest, that would be it. And then to hear someone like me say, eh, wasn't that great for me? And then you to say it was a spiritually dry time. What's up with that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I, I actually, I do have some <laughs> ideas on that. Uh, before I speak generally, let me tell you what my experience was. For me, it was that um, I was just full of anxiety. That mm. I thought there was, there were, and I'm, I'm 10 years out and I'm learning to recognize that now. I didn't know. I think I had my first real like panic attacks in seminary. Um, but I think for me, it was, I was trying to live up to something and live up to the sort of person that you're supposed to be as a pastor. And I would say things like, I want to be a pastor. And when in reality, the traditional methods of, or traditional model just didn't really work or resonate with my heart. And I was really afraid of it. And I was afraid of being that person. I couldn't have articulated that then, but that was it. And so when I would have to preach, I would be so like, I was so nervous. Um, here's an interesting thing I found in my journal in 2002. It's a journal I started right after my daughter was born or maybe right around that time. So 2002. And I went back to it last year. I was kind of looking through it. I found it. And I was just, sometimes I like to review that and see like, what, how far have I come? And I found some interesting posts or entries one of them was an was a reflection i had on um, the book of zechariah and i i I remember where i was that that day i remember everything about this day i wrote down that i think perhaps god has for me an unconventional ministry and then i spent the next 15 years trying to have what i would consider a conventional (laughs) ministry right um so i think i definitely have felt god calling me to serve others in some way, but didn't have a good perspective on what that would could look like, a good imagination for what it could look like outside of the local church. Now I'm so glad he, he led me there. It took me through some really dark seasons <laughs> to get there, but he led me there eventually. Um, so more generally for people, I think what happens is that the spiritual journey um, consists of different phases. And one of those phases is the one that I call, um, you're learning the way of Jesus. And this is all those things that we get most of the time in church. You show up and you do the, the worship songs and the preaching, or you do the Bible study, and you they, they teach you the things about the Bible. Problem is, that can only take you so far. And Bible school or seminary is the pinnacle of that season in the journey, but it's not the end of the journey. And that's where I think most people find, if they then they bump into the dark night of the soul, or they, you know, that um, the critical journey, the book, the critical journey calls that the wall. They bump into the wall. You can only do a couple of things when you bump, when you hit a wall, right? You can hit it and your faith can go splat <laughs> and it's gone. You can bounce off and go back and go through all that again. Say, well, I just didn't learn enough. And a lot of guys in seminary do that. Uh, then they're like, okay, well, I just need to learn more. Um, or you can be patient and you can break through it. And that goes into then 
a season where you find who you are. And if I think if we changed our seminary admittance requirements so that you have to have been through that wall and yeah. now you learn those things, uh, we'd have a whole different church today. Yeah, but how would we know it? I mean, because really, I, I don't, don't know, know that I knew it when I went through it. Did you know when you went through it? I mean, sort of. I, now I would because uh, I, I can back. be very self-aware about it. But at the time, I didn't. But okay, so this is why the role of the pastor matters, right? Like pastors really, Eugene Peterson said they their role is prayer and spiritual direction. And then there's, there's I forget what the third thing is. But he wrote a great book called Working the Angles. Um, and, and how many pastors, local pastors, do you know that get to do spiritual direction as a large part of their ministry? Mm. Most of them aren't even skilled in it, evangelical pastors anyway. They have no idea what it is. So that's that's an issue. That's But that's how you do it. It has to be much more personal, and you have to have a, a spiritual director who says, okay, this is a good time for you to go back and do that. Um, I Coming out next month or so, in, or in maybe a week or so, is the August edition of Spirit of Podcast Magazine. And in that, I interviewed Suzanne Stabile. She did something really interesting. She went to see Richard Rohr uh, with her husband. Mm-hmm. And he said to her, um, she handed her a book on Enneagram and said, okay, don't teach us for five years. She spent five years just studying Enneagram, right? Yeah. And then at the right time, he said to her, okay, I think you're ready. Go ahead and try teaching it. And that was 30 years ago. And today she's like one of the top Enneagram teachers in the world, but she had a director who showed her the right time and she listened, right? Individualism and evangelicalism, if I could throw out a bunch of isms, uh, wouldn't allow for that. And you know what? I'm as individualistic as anybody, but we need to, we need to put ourselves under that kind of authority. I think it's a good example. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And one of the things you brought up, you used the word unconventional ministry earlier, and you've had a, you and I've had a few conversations about this and kind of goes back to something I kind of skirted earlier. And that is, you know, I think sometimes we use the term new media. I don't know if new media is even the right term now because we're five years into it. So I don't know if it's new anymore, Uh, but, but, you know, We've seen in the last 18 months with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of cracks and fissures in the the traditional uh, church, small C church. And, and then we've seen a lot of growth in things like podcasts and video and online. And I don't think that one's going away and one's totally taking over. That's not what I'm saying here, but but I know you were moving down a path of traditional. Now you're in what would be unconventional. Before we move totally off of and into podcast land, let's still draw some contrasts and pros and cons to both sides so that we have a good, fair look at what all's going on out there. Because I think a lot of people, I'll give you an example. A lot of people will try to say, this is a few years back, it's either in church experience or it's home church. It's one or the other. I'm not like an either or. A lot right. of people now are probably saying, well, I think online church versus offline or podcasts. That's where you go or whatever. So let's, I'm just going to kind of throw that to you and let's give some pros, cons, good, bad, whatever on all of that that's, uh, that we see out there now. Yeah. Well, for me, the question is always, are we leading people to maturity? Right. So are we in? Are I, we? I don't think we are. No. I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm convinced that. So, how many pastors have you heard? I've heard dozens complain that our churches aren't really making disciples. They complain about the about the product that they're getting, quote unquote, in disciples of, in their own churches. Well, you're the leader, man. So, uh, Rich Litvin says you have the perfect system for the results that you're getting, right? Mm. Well, you got the perfect system because you're not leading people to maturity. So like I was saying earlier, the whole thing of trying to draw people into a Sunday service, and that's where you think you're making disciples. No, I think you might be inspiring people and you should think of it that way and maybe give a Ted talk instead of a 45 minute sermon um, and, and have some connection time where people can actually talk about what does that mean? What's that idea with, you know, how do I actually apply that? That's what I would like to see. Um, yeah, And that's what I think podcasting does, right? That's, that's where we we do it. Um, in new media, what we're doing is 
empowering people to find their voice. You know, maturity requires a certain amount of independence, you know? So with my, so I have a 19 year old daughter and she's getting increasingly more independent. She's, she's even, she's paying him for her own college. I'm so proud of that. That's amazing. And she's, she's going out and she's ready to go and go to school here in a couple of weeks. And I don't have to worry about whether she's going to make good choices or whatever, because I know that she's going to. Well, in, in spiritual maturity it works the same way. People need independence. But we have a system that's been designed to keep people dependent so that you keep coming back to show up on Sunday morning, to put your money in the plate, to keep paying salaries or a building going or whatever it is. I'm, I get it. And I, I understand that this is what we've inherited, but every 500 years or so, the church needs to reimagine the way that we interact. Um, Skajitani is a great article called um, uh, the case against sermon centric Sundays, uh, which was, is fantastic. And he's a preacher and he may he says that in there. He says, look, but I think we may need to return to something different, but here's the thing. The whole world is doing this, right? The whole world is going, yeah, we have to craft better experiences because that's what people are going to pay for. They're not going to pay for knowledge anymore. They're paying for experiences. Yeah. And they consume in small chunks. They interact. They don't have time for a lot of fluff and, uh, you know, one of the things I've said all along, and I think this might go to something we talk about later, is that uh, I've always perceived the role that I'm in because I interact with people as a coach for long periods of time. I, I, you know, and some people, this will be, boy, Tim, tall poppy syndrome here, but I, I believe coaches are kind of modern day disciples. I mean, we spend a lot yeah. of time with people. We move them from one place to the other. We take them down a path help them be mature, help them move through things, help them have less stress. And, you know, it's not just like I've got a building say, Hey, come every, I mean, I'm meeting them where they are every few weeks and all that. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And that kind of leads to I'm migrating to some things that I want to talk about. You actually at some point along the way said, huh, I need to start a podcast. And then also you said, huh, I need to start the Christian Podcasters Association, which to me, both of those kind of feed into the conversation we were just having. So yep. give a little bit of the formation of both of those. And I don't know if I've got them in the right order. I believe you started your podcast definitely before CPA. So uh, talk about the podcast and then knowing that I'm going to ask you kind of how Christian Podcasters Association formed up and why that was what it was. Yeah. So I started my show. So I, after I graduated seminary, I graduated at the end of the downturn. And so there weren't really a whole ton of jobs or kind of in the middle of the downturn. And so, and I honestly, I didn't have a lot of experience. I tried, I worked full time. I went to school full time and I tried to do some ministry. I just wasn't really there. And so for what, for a variety of reasons, plus I think my own internal check, I think I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just never got into ministry. So I ended up working in the financial world for way longer than I wanted to for a good uh, nine years longer. I was in there for 13 years. Um, and that uh, was really miserable for me. Like that was, I would consider a, a, a dark time. Um, it was, I was, it was a very kind of oppressive environment, you know, show up, be the cog, do the thing. I bounced people's checks for a living, you know, for, for a while, which leaves a little scar on your soul, knowing that what your job is to ruin everybody's day, somebody's day today. I've blocked Visa cards, things like that. Um, but that, but I still, so you're the guy, to, you're the guy. I was me. That was me. I was with you for, for, uh, you know, trends and things like, is this really, you know, this card seems to be going all over New York city. I don't think this is right. So things like that. Um, but what happened is I, I switched over from a job where I was not, where I was basically reading blogs and I found blogging very hard. I tried to do a, do a blog. This is back 2009, 2010 when it was really popular to a job where I really was just clicking buttons all day. And so I could listen instead and I had to actually work for a living. So I, I started listening to podcasts and I would listen to Cliff Ravenscraft and Michael Hyatt and Dan uh, Miller from 48 days to the work you love. Right. Um, all these guys, Pat Flynn, and I, and I was just so inspired that, that online business works, right? Like people that this can be done. And I started thinking, well, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could start my own podcast. Um, and I still wanted to contribute to the spiritual formation conversation. And so I started my own show. It took me two years. I had the idea in 2014. I actually took some action and 
2015, I started, I started, I did like 13 interviews. It took me a whole nother year. I had to hire a coach to kind of help me break through that because I was terrified of not being perfect and it wasn't, but he taught me to iterate. I was like, okay, that's a good thing. And uh, so we started the show. And like I said, I wanted it to be about that spiritual journey. I wanted to demonstrate that, no, the journey is longer, deeper, and wider than we've, we've been told. And that's actually a good thing, right? That's a good, we get to share all these narratives about, um, you know, how God's worked and shown up in people's lives. I've changed tremendously because of all of that. Um, everything that I've heard every single week is pretty incredible. So, so um, when you hold on before, I want to okay. dig a little bit on that. So you say you've changed, give me a couple of examples. Give me something that's like, I yeah. am now blank because of this experience of, cause you're going on like four years, aren't you? Four or five years, five years. We just hit five, five years. years. Wow. Congratulations. So, yeah. so five years in what is Eric different now because of that experience? What's different about Eric? I believe in God's involvement in the world in a way that I didn't before. Mm. Um, I absolutely believe that I can hear God's voice and that he does lead me. And I would have said that I believe that before, but I didn't really, you know? Mm. Um, and I've had so many people tell me amazing stories. I believe that God works and that there's this ripple effect. And this is one reason that I'm so proud to serve podcasters because I know that, um, how I, if I influence you and you influence your audience, that the, the things that I'm able to do are just go out exponentially in ways that I may never see. And I hear those stories. I, I hear, I can't believe the number of people, for instance, that have come to Christ because of crew, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on, on campus. That's amazing. Or Billy Graham, more than one. I think I've got, uh, I've heard from at least two, maybe three people who, whose families came to Christ because of Billy Graham. That's, that's amazing. There's, there's others, um, but, but you can see it. Um, and I could tell you some stories that would be kind of amazing. Um, so there's that. I definitely, one of my early uh, interviews was a guy named Richard Jacobson who wrote a book called Unchurching that planted some seeds about kind of the institutional church as well. Um, that, that has kind of opened up some of the, some of the ways I think about some, all the stuff that we're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's good. And, and obviously keep, keep going strong and anything. Now, one of the things I noticed, and I want to say this, this was so cool to me. And it also, I don't want to say discouraging because I'll flip on the mic. And I think my introduction for this episode was different than even most, but I listened to one of your episodes from like three years ago and your intro, man, you were just like solid <laughs> dead on exactly like one that I listened to like a month or so back. It's like, is that consistency just you? Is that intentional? Is it just like you flip a switch and that's what it is? Um, do you ever get bored now that you're five years in? I mean, I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you here, but, yeah, but let's, let's, uh, let's, let's dig a little bit there and tell me uh, what's up with that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, when you asked me that question, I was like, oh man, maybe I need to change it up. So <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, I was like, really? What? I, I wish I could be but, consistent because I don't remember what I said and I've got it written in front of me, but I don't even read my stuff. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I think it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. There, there were, so there's a couple of things at play there. I used to do very early on, I would do an a extra recorded introduction for each episode mm. where I would kind of, and that's actually probably the preferred advice for people yeah. because it helps make you a more of an authority. And then you share the, share the content. Right. Sure. Um, but I, we actually did a remodel in, in our house and we were really busy. And so I found that I had to shorten the time that I was spending on my podcast. And so what I actually did is I went to, it's probably right about that time, three years. I went to, okay, I'm going to do a live introduction and just go for it. And so, um, and I actually really like that. The other thing that I started to, to play here is I wanted to get to my content as quickly as possible, right? So I think within about 90 seconds, I've introduced my guests almost every single episode. I do that very intentionally because I want them to be, nothing makes me matter than a show that advertises. I listened to one show. It's a very popular podcast. They advertised that Phil Yancey was on the show. And I was like, I want to hear that because I like Phil Yancey. 
I listened to it. It was like 60 minutes of banter and 15 minutes of Phil Yancey. And I was like, well, don't advertise it that way. If you're going to talk, if you're going to talk to Phil, Phil Yancey for, you know, 15 minutes, forget it. So I just decided I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to make sure that we get to them as soon as possible. We introduce them. I do a super brief introduction. You've been on the show. It's like two things about you in one sentence. It's not a lot, but it's not, I don't think that's needed. I think what we need is to hear your voice. I let you mm-hmm. tell me what you do. And then we dive into, you know, the story, which is really what we're there for. Yeah. And, and I love that. I think that's good because there's been a few times that I have gone through people's bios and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is, this person's awesome. But I don't know if I want to keep reading this. It's just so, oh, yeah. it's like, man, you know, people, people will share that. You know, I, I ask in my intro form, like, how do you want to be introduced? And they'll share this like three paragraphs of intro. Really? I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick out, you're an author, you're a podcaster and you just publish a yeah. book. Yeah. We're Eric's, good. Eric's a really good guy. Let's talk, you know, or something like that. Hey, yeah. Uh, it's know. very very, very short. And I want enough because I do want, I try to mention the book. Like if somebody has a book, yeah. I try to mention it early. I'm always trying to get to that seven exposures within the one episode mm-hmm. so that people will know, but right. if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But that's, so I try to mention it early, but those sure. kinds of things I'm trying to, trying, there's some thought to it, but mostly I just want to get to the conversation. Sure. Yeah. I just, I just love having conversations. So, uh, right. so that's cool. So, all right. So you, you're, you're steady with the podcast, you've got that going. And then all of a sudden you roll out of bed one morning and say, I'm going to start the Christian podcasters association. <laughs> Is that the way it worked out? <laughs> Kinda. It was what happened was there, there wasn't any real groups for Christian podcasters at the time. The big group is, is the podcast movement group, which still is a huge group. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got, I can't remember, 27,000 people in that group. Yeah. That event is happening in, next week and I can't wait to go. Um, but I was in that group and somebody was looking for other podcasters of faith. And I asked, hey, are there any podcast groups for Christians? Because I was looking for them, but I couldn't find any. And somebody commented, that would be awesome if that existed. I would totally be in it. And so I started chatting with him uh, via messenger. It turned out he was in my hometown of Des Moines, Iowa, which was pretty cool. So we had that in common. And he had a show kind of similar to mine. And he um, was like, yeah, you know, that sounds sounds really great. And I said, all right, let's start our own. And so so we did. There was already a group called Christian Podcast. uh, I can't remember. Christian Podcast Connection or something like that. And so I thought, because that's that was kind of a good name. And so I ended up just choosing like association. I was like, what words are like connection? Okay, associate. We're going to associate together. That's really our goal is to bring podcasters together, to connect, to help each other, to answer questions. Um, and so we did. We started it, and it was really it's slow growing. We t- we tend to be doubling almost every year at this point, which is fantastic. So I'm excited about that. And as podcasting grows, there's more and more Christian podcasters. And so my goal is to help them, you know, grow or start and grow their show. Sure. So a couple, couple cool things about it, because early on in my podcasting journey, I mean, I'm a follower of Christ, but we aren't necessarily what I would consider a spiritual podcast. You know, we're business leadership, but we don't shy away from the ministry items either. But I was looking for groups to be associated with just to learn more about podcasting. So I plugged into a few and uh, and quickly, Christian Podcasters Association kind of rose to the top. And, and I'll tell you this for a couple of reasons. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to state this, and then I'm going to ask it as a question, how you think it formed up. Was it intentional? Was it whatever reason? Anyway, many times when you bring a group of Christians together, it's real easy to get off into the weeds with doctrine, this scripture, uh, spiritual gifts, no spiritual gifts, pre, post, mid, trib, blah, 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 blah stuff. And, uh, and I noticed that this group was spiritually encouraging, but not spiritually judgmental. Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine that. It was almost like, gosh, isn't that the way the body of Christ should be? I won't get into that. But and also just very uplifting as far as, hey, what mic should I get? Hey, I'm having trouble recording this. Hey, uh, I'm trying to get started. You know, how do I get more listeners and things like that? So can you can you pinpoint how that's happened? Is that all Eric? Is it the Holy Spirit? Why is it 
that way. And I've actually got a couple of other groups in my mind that we won't name here that they want you to sign like statements of faith and different things like that. And I'm going, yeah, you know, I just want to kind of hang out with some podcasters that are, yeah. you know, aren't afraid of Jesus, you know? <laughs> so, right. so anyway, right. talk to me about that because I've been intrigued and impressed by the way that has been handled within Christian Podcasters Association. Oh yeah. Thanks for that. Well, so like many people do, I spent my twenties arguing about theology. <laughs> How'd that work <laughs> yeah. out for you? How did that work Not out well. for you, Eric? <laughs> Not well. I figured out pretty quickly that, okay, that's maybe not uh, what we want this to be about. And so, yeah, it, it actually is intentional. We, I'm trying to remember, we don't get a lot of those posts now, so it's been a long time, but early on, anytime somebody would post something that was like, Hey, let's talk about this theology or whatever, I would delete it and then let them know, Hey, we don't do that because I don't want the group to be about our hashing things out. You know, those, those, those kinds of issues are personal in, in a lot of ways. Um, they're a lot, just your perspective on things um, and kind of the tradition that you grew up in. Um, but what we all have to, in common is Jesus, that we love Jesus. And there's people, look, I'm, I'm great friends with people who have very, very different uh, theological traditions than me that I would say, mm, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just can't go there. Right. But what I see is that they're pursuing Jesus as best they can. That's, that's, that's all, that's all I'm doing. So let's, we can be friends for sure. And that's, so that's what I'm after. But yeah, it was really intentional to try to say, cause I, I was a little worried about that. Cause you know how it gets, it can be yeah. that way, but we, we just nip that in the bud. And there's been a couple of times where things have come up that I had to put a stop to um, some more contentious than others, but most, mostly that's not, that's not what we're after. Cause we're about the podcasting and we're about encouraging each other. Sure. So, so let's then talk about kind of the purpose of it, what it's doing, what's happened really in the last few years that I've seen it. I know, I don't know what was going on before then, but right when I uh, joined and it's just a, it's for people listening in the, the, the first step is just a free Facebook group. Anybody can join it if you're interested in podcasting. We'll include links and let people know how to get there. But, but I've seen it go from uh, just a kind of a Facebook group that was about encouraging and uplifting and helping to there's been a spinoff of a kind of a mastermind coaching and some one-on-one -on -one stuff and things like that. Talk about kind of the evolution. Let, let's go ahead and throw the word evolution yeah. in with this talk about Christianity. <laughs> there you go. What's been the evolution of the Christian Podcasters Association the last few years? Yeah. Well, my ambition was always to start a, a larger kind of thing, right? And the, which mm -hmm. is one reason I called it uh, association, right? I wanted it to be like, the question in my mind was, what if it could really be an association that would encourage and promote Christian podcasting? Yeah. So that was always in the back of my mind. It was just a matter of how big does the group have to be or where, where do we have to go in order to do it? So trying to figure that out. So yeah, definitely for a long time, it was just, it's just free and there's just everything that, you know, that we do uh, to encourage one another. Um, and then last year we launched a membership that's uh, the CPA gold membership where people can join up. And we had a great meeting last night. We had, we had, uh, I think we had 18 people on the call, which was, which was great. So and we all just kind of can hang out and, um, and help each other, encourage each other. So that was kind of my first foray into, into a paid kind of thing, working on a course uh, to help people get started. And then the way I envision it ultimately is that CPA would be kind of, it can take you from the very beginning. I don't know anything about podcasting to uh, like a pro podcaster where you're, where this is your full-time living and you are able to, to share and, and kind of live that sort of entrepreneur nomad lifestyle, right? Sure. So I think would be, what would be cool right now is to maybe, I think we've got people listening that would probably be intrigued or interested or really passionate about possibly podcasting. And then we got other people, obviously, if they're listening in on a podcast, they would just like to know more about how podcasts work. So I want to keep I want to keep all of those groups in mind as we have this next conversation. And let's go, let's kind of step behind the curtain a little bit. And why don't you talk about 
what is the biggest hindrance to someone starting a podcast? I mean, I know you've seen a bunch of them. You've seen, I mean, you have any, you have any clue on how many podcasts you've seen launched to date with all of this? Uh, I mean, can you guess? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Um, I should. I should have like a. So we. I. I know that's in the hundreds, right? Okay. There's And there's in the group we have 2,400 people now, yeah. and so you know definitely I think in in somewhere or another we've helped almost all of them like in, in one way. So sure. We've, uh, so yeah, there's plenty. So um, so first so first question then. All right. So what is someone is thinking about it? They feel like the Lord has spoken to them. They've come down off the mountain with two tablets and said start a podcast, but they don't get started. What's the biggest hindrance? What keeps people from getting going? Well, the biggest thing is always fear. Mm-hmm. And usually that shows up as perfectionism, right? As I've got to do it perfect. This was the, for me was the big thing. Uh, you know, they're, well, I'm not, a, I'm not a broadcaster or, you know, they haven't created content before in any meaningful way. And so they, they don't really know where to start. That, that'd probably be the other one. It's like, okay, well, what do I do? Um, fear of the technology. It is a fairly significant amount of technology that you have to pull together um, between just the hardware with like microphones and getting it to work with Zoom and you know all whatever however else you're gonna you're gonna do it and your website. There's kind of a lot to to figure out there. Hosting all of that. Um, so that can be pretty intimidating to people as well. So usually it's what what would I talk about. Um, will anybody listen? What's the technology and can I, can I master that? And then how do I grow my show? Those are kind of the three questions that people ask. Sure. So, but, but with that, I'm going to kind of flip that around a little bit. This is still one of, if not the Mm -hmm. simplest, easiest paths to getting a message out though, isn't it? It is. And so, Absolutely. Podcasting is so easy. And the thing I love about it, this is why I love new media is there are no gatekeepers. There's nobody telling you the rules, right? So they don't have to, you, you literally don't have to do anything, right? You could, so like I do my introduction one way that we talked about, but if you want to do a different kind of introduction, you can do that and it doesn't matter. And we don't have to take a commercial break, right? How long we don't have to do a certain thing at a certain time or tailor our content to something you can just do what you want. So if you want to have a monologue show, you can do that. If you want to have interview guests, which I highly recommend, that's what I love to do. You can do that too. And it's, it, it'll increase your networking abilities exponentially. Right. Um, but that, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Absolutely. It's, it's really all about, all about those kinds of things. Sure. So another little, I'm, I'm trying to get behind the curtain, maybe for the person that listens in on podcast or is thinking about it. Um, let's say someone's had a podcast going for six months, 12 months, whatever they're clicking along. We actually had one of our associates last night kind of bring up some things in, in, in the meeting we had, um, what are some things that people can kind of meet up with? I don't want to say struggles, challenges, whatever, but maybe what's another hurdle that can come. Let's say we've gotten started. We're rolling. We've got some episodes out. Now what's the next big challenge and, and then, you know, how do we deal with that? Yeah. As far as big challenges, you know, it's, it is a long game, right? So with podcasting, you don't necessarily get a ton of feedback. Typically, if you have an audience already, right, you might, right. Or you might get more, Um, but that you got to remember that you're building relationships. And so sometimes that takes time and, and, I remember not getting any feedback for the longest time. I get a lot of feedback now through CPA, but I didn't, I didn't back in the day. And that can be a little bit discouraging, especially if you feel like you're doing something that's really important. Um, and so it can be tough to, to get through. And one of the things you got to do is you got to be really, really clear about why you're doing it, right? About what, you're, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish and why it matters. Um, and if you know that, then you can and make you can make the commitment one to iterating and just kind of tweaking one thing at a time, doing it imperfectly to start until you get to where you want to be. And two, to just continually producing the content. Um, those two things will will help you overcome any of those 
those hurdles that you find the discouragement. Um, and then, you know, there's lots of strategies that we can, that we can give you to kind of grow your show, but it's really, it's really got to be those two internal commitments that, that help you overcome pretty much all the, all the struggles. Sure. I think one of the things you guys have done and cause I participated in one and I think you've got something coming up is uh, you've done some conferences, I think, you know, virtual primarily and maybe adjusting those, but uh, talk a little bit about that because I, I, I just attended a conference this last week. I'm excited about getting back in the groove of those type things um, because I do think there's value in getting some teaching and training face-to-face or virtually or whatever. And I think you've got some overarching themes you're talking about. So can you give us a little glimpse into what that looks like and where you're headed with that? Absolutely. So we talk about five things in our, in our uh, gold membership, Um, your message, um, your, oh, I should have these, like, I should need to have these on the wall. So I don't forget, (laughs) get them. Uh, But it's message, um, mechanics, uh, marketing, monetization, and there's one, there's one other, but those, those are kind of our, those are our things that we, that we always talk about. Mindset. So one thing, mindset. That's the one. How could I forget the mindset? That's, that's actually before message. That's why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so because it's really important. Those are the things that you need to kind of dial in. So m- mindset is like all the, the headspace that you need to be in to, to be a creator message is kind of knowing your audience and all that. Um, mechanics is all the, you know, uh, software and all those things that you do. Um, marketing is how do you get the message out and the monetization is ultimately how do we, how do we kind of make this at least pay for itself, which would be nice if you're, if, you know, so we have, we have everything from hobby podcasters who don't care about that to people who do want to make it their full-time job. And so we, we talk about that as well. Um, so what we're doing, we talk about those in our gold membership every, every you know, in one way or another uh, every week. But then also we're doing a series of virtual summits. And so in January, we had one about uh, social media. How do, you, how do you use social media to help promote your show? And in September, coming up September 24th and 25th, it's called Christian Podcast Summit, and we're doing one on monetization. And so we're going to have speakers who will come and talk about all the different ways that you can monetize your show. And the great thing is you don't have to have a huge audience to do it. Right. So we're going to talk about that. There are lots of ways you can do it. I know you're going to come and, and speak as well. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but there's, so there's kind of these different, different categories of monetization. We're going to talk about each one of them. We're going to have breakout sessions. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we did this in January. It was so amazing. I was going to do four a year, but it was so, there's a lot of work. And so I said, okay, we're going to do two, two a year. I'm excited that this next one's coming uh, up. Events are tiring, aren't they? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It was, it was, it's interesting for me. Like if it was just like work, it's one thing, but just the emotional investment that you have in like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I want everybody to learn this stuff because I want them to grow. And it just takes a lot out of you. And so I was, I definitely had to take a week off after <laughs> after that but i'm looking forward to it. it'll be it's going to be a great time we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot and I'm, I'm convinced that you know if you can just find one thing right one thing that you can latch on to and try and then build a little bit until you i mean for most podcasters if you make a hundred dollars a month fifty dollars a month right that'll pay for your hosting that'll pay for most of your costs and then and then it's a whole different ball game right yeah Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people do wonder about probably some people listening in here. How does the money work in podcasting? And some people say, oh, they must be making a boatload of money. <laughs> yeah, not no. necessarily. I, my, my podcast is a little different because it just fits with all that I'm doing with books and coaching and things like that. Right. But, you know, a lot of people that are in ministry world, it, it sometimes is difficult to try to draw that connection. I love that you've got monetization. I, the word monetization, I sometimes struggle with. I think it's, but it's a good M yeah. word that fits with the alliteration of all the other M words. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. But, but I do love that because I love talking money around Christians. <laughs> and, and so yeah. I'm excited. I think you're going to have me speak on just coaching models because we've had a ton, run a ton. I've actually within our foundation, I've actually got a, a client that's done 
25k a year in coaching in a business yeah. that is in a in a ministry that is helping people hear God's voice. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so we're going to talk about those things, and so I know people will be excited about that. But talk about because I think that goes into a deeper issue that we didn't address earlier. Talk a little bit more about the finances of podcasting and and what, hey, like if somebody's sitting here going right now, well, how much does it cost me to run a podcast? I know that's a answer that might have ranges, right. yeah. but, but someone sitting here going, I think I've got a message to get out. How much is it going to cost me to get that out? Uh, such a good question. You know, I recommend that you invest in three things. You need to get a decent microphone and there are some really affordable options out there that you can get for a hundred dollars or less that would just plug right into your computer. There's other things I would recommend adding if you can, but uh, if for a hundred dollars or less, you can, you can do that. I think you need to have a website and you can use something like pod page. That's, I forget the, the cost on that, but it's fairly, fairly inexpensive and you can get your own domain. Mm -hmm. um, there's other ways to do that, but that's, you, you should have a hub if you're going to have something like that. Um, and then you need some podcast hosting. And so you need, your podcast has to live somewhere on the internet. And that's usually $20 a month or so, just depends on the, on the provider. So all told, um, you know, you might end up spending something like 20 to 30, $40 a month on your, on your hosting and a hundred dollars for a microphone. It's not terribly expensive, um, but it does cost a lot. Now that means you have to do all the things like the editing yourself, right? Which I'll teach you how to do. We can do that. Right. But that's, um, that's, that's just part of being a podcaster, right? You just learn how to do all these additional skills. You produce the show, you find your guests, you do the interviews, you do the editing, uh, you publish and you share. Yeah. Or, or some people just, we've got people that are associated with us that they just know they want to do some Bible teaching or they just have a message yeah. to share and they do their prep. They flip on the mic, record, and do great episodes, just them on a mic. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful how the message is getting out to the I know, world. Isn't that cool? I, see, I love that because my guess is many of those people don't have the chance to do that at their local church, no. right? No. But, they, but podcasting gives them an opportunity to share in a way um, that probably helps their own discipleship and helps and helps others helps encourage other people um and i think that's important i think it's powerful well i, I think all of us i think there's a certain level of wisdom or information preparation for us to learn something ourselves but when you have to turn around and share it with others it's like you have right. to even do it even more so anyway eric there, there's so much here and we'll um in just a moment ask how people can connect and find out more about the conference and things like that. But I think there's a couple questions I want to kind of wrap up with here that I, I think I'm going to go, we, we kind of started big, went small. I'm going to go big again. And um, I guess the one thing, this is kind of a little bit of a, if, if I could have you maybe just speak into the mic or look into the camera. And if there's someone listening in right now, and they've had just a slight nudge to start a podcast or they've been in prayer time and the Lord said, I need you to share or something like that. Could you just encourage them or uplift them or give them a, a sermon, mini sermon or something? Like that? Just take yeah. a couple minutes just to uplift them and encourage them and let them know maybe, I don't know if next steps or just to, you know, nourish their soul. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll say that I'll just speak to them. Friend, if you feel the nudge to start a podcast uh, from the Holy Spirit, uh, that's something you don't want to avoid, right? So I look at this in two ways. Number one, when you're 80 uh, and you look back on your life, will you regret not starting that podcast today, right? Uh, you, you don't want to have that regret. You don't know. You, you cannot imagine the kind of influence that, you'll, that you might have through a podcast, even if you have, uh, what, you know, not the download numbers of, of a Joe Rogan, right? You, you can still have influence and impact and perhaps the Lord is calling you to that. The other thing is if he's calling you to that, uh, he's going to ask you about it someday. Right. And so we, we, you want, you want to take that, take that step. I believe Ephesians two ten. we are his workmanship uh, created to do good works. Um, I, and I really should memorize this better, but uh, the, 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 that he caught prepared for us in advance to do, right. You know, that verse. Yeah. 
he has things that he wants you to do. And if podcasting is one of those things, you'll never be the person that he's called you to do to be if you don't do those things, right? So step into it. It's a growth edge. You will grow. I guarantee you, you will grow. In fact, I think podcasting is more about personal growth than it is about audience growth, or it's at least as much about personal growth. And so step out and do it one thing at a time. Do it scared if you have to. It's okay. I did. I lived. And now, now I'm helping other people do it. It's, it's one of the most powerful things you'll ever do. And I think you take that step. You won't regret it. Yeah. And the good thing about it is, is by possibly listening in today, you now have a tool and a resource in just a Facebook group or uh, some other tools that, uh, that Eric talked about that can help you with that. Uh, Eric, I've got one last question and I don't know why I want to ask this, but it just seems appropriate as we finish up here with, I've got a couple questions as we wrap, but is there anything that you have never been asked that you really wish someone would have asked you? <laughs> or one of those type asked, questions, you know what I mean? That's kind of a weird question. I've heard it before, but you and I've talked a lot and I, and yeah. I somehow feel like I've missed asking you a question I should have asked you. And I don't know what it is. Do you know? It's no, it's a good question. I love asking that before my podcast interviews. I oh, always okay. try to ask that <laughs> because I think it, I actually learned that from John Lee Dumas at oh. podcast movement 2019. So powerful, really important question. Most people don't have an answer to it, which is interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a question. I think um, we really got, you did a good job getting to the heart of kind of what I'm, what I'm doing and uh, what I think God's called me to do with Christian Podcasters Association. I really believe, like I told you earlier that my, my question was, how do we grow in Christ? And I think once you get to that, there, there's that season of knowing the way of Jesus where we, are immersed in the Bible. And I think the Bible is important. Don't get me wrong, but there's also a season of finding ourselves in Christ. Mm. And, um, that, that involves one shedding all the things that we were told we should be that aren't really who God wants us to be. And then it involves building up all the things that we, that God wants us to be that involves using our voice involves agency and independence and I think that's what podcasting is about. Certainly that's what podcasting gave me. And so that's what I'm on a mission to give to other people. Um, so I guess the question I'm probably answering is what's podcasting really all about? And I think it's all about you becoming the person that God wants you to be um, and, and finding yourself in Christ. Yeah, that, that's good. And I would agree with that. I think we're all learning in this and I know it exposes a lot of things we need to work on and connects us with a lot of cool people, which stretch us and all that right. is, is beautiful. I just, I want to say, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you in just a moment where people can connect and find out more about all that's going on. But I just want to, I just want to say how much I appreciate all that you've put in place for large numbers of people. I know that a lot of people appreciate what you're doing. I know it's not easy work. <laughs> I know it takes a lot, it takes a lot of energy. Like you said, you do an event and, uh, and I just want to tell you that I appreciate it. And, and as I've said before, I try to help in whatever way I can. I think one of our first conversations is what are you doing with this association? Let's talk about structure and legal stuff and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, like Tim shows up and this guy's asking what our legal structure is. So um, I was like, I don't know, Tim, I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me, what do we do? I don't know. So, uh, anyway, I just want to tell you, I, I appreciate you and I want to give honor to you and just tell you that I know a lot of other people appreciate you. And if sometimes you don't hear it, uh, I think we want to share that with you. And uh, I, I believe that there are a number of people that probably need to connect at minimum with, uh, with the Christian Podcasters Association on Facebook, but maybe in some other ways. So tell us where they can go to do all that. And actually we'll include links to like your podcast and other things down below, but just, just give us where people can find you and connect with these things. Yeah, perfect. The best place to go is christianpodcastersassociation.com. You'll find our website. We have a free membership there where I go through the commitments to be a pod that it takes to be a successful podcaster and a couple other things, including like a, your guest process um, that you can pick up there. Also, um, you know, do check out if you're interested in being a podcaster, go to uh, Facebook and just search for Christian Podcasters Association. That is probably your best thing. And then we, we'll get you in the group. We, we bring people in once a week and we have a big celebration about it and um, it's a big deal. So that would be the best way to connect, I think. 
Sure. Or you can message me. Message yeah, me on message. Facebook. I love those. Yeah. Check out the conferences and things like that. Cause I think this may yep. air before I'm not exactly sure where, but this may air before the 24th, 25th of September. So if someone listens in and wants to jump in on that, maybe we'll provide some links down, the, down below for that. And so that by the way, is going to be a free ticket, Tim. So people okay. can come in. If I know, so you can, if you want to come Who, attend live. Who's coaching you? Have, have you talked to your coach about that? <laughs> yes. I okay, good. So it'll be free. So yeah, go to christianpodcastassociation.com. When you join, you actually get the, you'll be on the mailing list and then you'll okay, I'll make good. sure. So, so uh, a two day conference on monetization. That's free. I hope everybody got that. That's, it's going to be free. You can show <laughs> up for free without paying. So anyway, uh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate all that. Appreciate the information. My final question, we are seek, go create. And I like to ask which one of those words, and I say currently because I know it can change, but currently, mm -hmm. which one of those words is kind of above the other two for you and why? Yeah, well, for me, it's always create. I've wanted to be a creator since I was in seventh grade, or probably, probably before I knew that. So it's always create. I want to be making new things. I want to be building things. Um, exercising that creative muscle. It's just, it's fun and it impacts and changes the world. It makes it a better place. So that's, that's why I'm a creative. Very, very cool. Eric, thank you so much. I enjoyed this conversation. We got to talk about some things we don't usually get to talk about, which I enjoy. And uh, I appreciate it. If you have listened in and this has been a blessing to you, you've enjoyed it, or you know someone that might be intrigued or interested in some of the things we talked about, going to ask another big favor of you, and that is to share this episode. If you're listening in on your podcast platform, you could share typically from those, or if you're on YouTube, you could actually uh, share from there, uh, or you could just take a screenshot, put it on your social media and share it. That would uh, work also. Just share it. People need to hear this message. There are people out there that you know that are interested in starting a podcast or getting their message out. And you may even know who they are. Just share this so that they'll get this word of encouragement, some of the basic information, and can go ahead and get started with what possibly God is telling them to do. It would be a big help to them. Stay connected to us. Seek, Go, Create. We're on all the socials. We're on Facebook and we're on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. We're all Seek, Go, Create there. And uh, new episodes every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.